They walk to the structure, approaching the tall concrete walls that line the area. It seems way too silent. That could be good, or honestly much, much worse. John and Tessa look towards Sarah and Olivia, concerned. They continue to round the walls until finally, the gate reveals itself. A worn-down van sits just away from the structure, facing the gate. Three men occupy the van. They're scavengers, but they seem as if they're professionals and have been doing this a while. They watch the group approach the gate. The man in the driver's seat watches closely with binoculars. All right, they're about to enter the gates. Grab the rifle and watch the top floors of the building in the center. It looks like they're low on supplies, so they'll clear it out. The man in the passenger seat gets out. He grabs a rifle from the back of the van and props it on the hood. He watches through the scope. The gate is slightly opened. The area is deserted, abandoned. The group slowly enters with their weapons drawn. There's a small town inside, likely has recently been built, but everyone has fled, or something worse. The buildings are intact. One street runs through the structure with buildings on either side. Gardens, water wells, plots for farming, houses, everything a town would need to support itself. Where the hell is everyone? It looks like something chased him out. Sarah sees something on the ground. As she gets closer, it becomes more clear. A puddle of substance. The sick have been here. The sick did. There's substance all over the ground. Let's start searching to see what's left behind. Sarah and I will take the left, you two take the right. The group splits up on separate sides of the road. The sound comes from all around the town. A stream of gas shoots from the walls upward, reaching just past the treetops. And what what do you think that is? Could be from keeping the gas from the bombs out of town or combating the sick. It's not sure any of it worked out here. They continue, not going into the buildings, just keeping an eye on them. Carefully, they aim at various windows and doors. But nothing. Not a sound. No people. No animals. Nothing. They avoid various puddles and streaks of substance on the ground. A building appears at the end of the road, possibly headquarters. Tessa points her weapon toward it. There's where we're going to find our answers. You don't think anyone is still in there, right? No, but maybe we'll find out where they all went. They approach the double doors. Tessa opens them. They cautiously enter. It's a large building, with the inside spread out. A large, circular desk sits in the middle with chairs kicked out around it. A large screen mounts the back wall and rooms line the sides. Papers are scattered all over the floor and desks. It seems empty, so the group lowers their weapons. John and Tessa pick up some papers. Sarah examines a map she found on a nearby table. It's just records of citizens and the type of crops they were growing. Sick counts? Medicine counts? It's like they had their own colony. There's got to be more of these around. It looks like they kept track of the packs of sick around here. Looks like there were way more than they thought. John touches the console, but the screen doesn't turn on. He looks around and sees the busted hardware. Tessa finds a custom map of the United States in a drawer, revealing a single structure located in each state. John walks over. The other two continue searching the building. John, look at this. They're called safe zones. There's a safe zone in every state. There's no way they're all abandoned. Well, if large packs of six showed up unexpected, then there's a chance. That's got to be what happened here. Well, I think if we avoid D.C. and Charlotte, it's a five to six day walk to Philadelphia if we avoid the roads. We'll leave in the morning and gather what's left here. Tessa stuffs the map in her bag. John faces the other two. We'll gather supplies tonight. There's a safe zone in Philadelphia. We'll leave in the morning. The group splits up, each heading to each side of the street to search the buildings. Tessa and Olivia enter the big building, the first of many. The smell inside hits them hard, their faces showing disgust. Some people didn't make it out before the sick got to them. This is fucking horrible! Just put your mask on. We've got to look through everything. We're running low. 
They each put on a mask to rid the smell, at least a little. Searching, scavenging, not much of anything left, but they continue to look on each floor. Puddles and streaks of substance lie around. They make their way to the next floor. You know, I'm happy we found Sarah and John. (sighs) Me too, hon. It's nice having another person around. I think we make a pretty good... A bullet zips through a nearby window and hits Olivia in the side of the head, sending her to the ground. Tessa quickly turns around. Another bullet smashes through the window, but just misses her, slamming into the wall behind her. She dives to the ground and quickly crawls to Olivia. She screams and holds her. She removes the mask from her head. Blood continues to flow from the bullet wound. She's lifeless. You got her. Pack this shit up and we'll take out the others in the gates while they're distracted. Sarah and John hear the screaming. Dad, that, that's Tessa. They rush back downstairs to find the family. When running across the street to the building Tessa and Olivia entered, another bullet just misses John and hits the wall behind him. The screaming continues from a few floors above them. They quickly climb the stairs to reach Tessa. Sarah enters first, John right behind her. They crouch and quickly move to reach Tessa. Someone just started firing and hit her through the window! She gets up and grabs her gun. She begins firing out of the window, spraying bullets everywhere. Sarah quickly gets up and grabs a hold of her, moving her away from the window. Tessa, you you stay with Olivia and we'll go ahead and deal with them. Sarah and John run back downstairs, weapons drawn. Tessa crawls back to Olivia, holding her. She's in shock. John and Sarah carefully wait by the front door, listening, looking, not seeing anything. Then, a noise, an engine rumbling. The van pulls into the safe zone gate down the street. John sees this from a window. They're in a van down the street. Get behind the building with me. John and Sarah exit, running to get behind the building. They each slowly poke their head out, watching the van. The three men get out, weapons drawn, looking for the ones who got away. Two of them venture to the opposite side of the street, while the other heads toward the building John and Sarah are hiding behind. As one slowly approaches where John is hiding, he puts his rifle on the ground and pulls out his knife. Sarah watches from the other side. The man gets to the corner and John lodges the knife into his neck, twists it and pulls it back out. Blood spews. He grabs his neck, trying to hold the blood back, but it's far too much. He falls to the ground. He and Sarah drag his body to the back of the building, away and out of sight from the other men. John picks up his rifle. They watch the other two men walk down the street, pointing their weapons at each building and scanning every corner. I'm going to walk around the backside and get behind them. Stay here and be ready for my shot. Sarah stays put as John walks around the backside of the building to get into flanking position. John steps out from the building, pointing at one to the right, away from the building. Sarah waits to make contact with the other to the left. He fires, and Sarah follows with two pistol shots. Both men fall to the ground. They lower their weapons. We'll search them later. Let's get back to Tessa. They reach the floor of the building with the parents' worst nightmare. Olivia's blood has covered Tessa as she sets her down. John and Sarah walk over and hold Tessa as she cries. She kneels down and touches Olivia's cheek. We'll give you some time and prepare something at the gardens. As they leave the room, they turn back around and watch Tessa for a moment. They carefully look at each other and exit. As she begins to walk away, he stops her. I'm going to go find a shovel and start digging a hole in the garden. Go search the bodies. Okay. Hey. You did good back there. She gives him a half-assed smirk. John sees a shovel sticking out of the ground and grabs it. He finds a suitable patch of grass and starts digging. Sarah approaches the bodies. She starts with the back pockets, pulling out wallets and checking their IDs. John Worthington, Caleb Jones, both from Virginia. 
Friends, perhaps? Or they just tried to survive together? She leaves the weapons. Too many for her to carry. She walks to the other body and repeats. Mike Roberts, also from Virginia. John continues to dig, then looks up to see Sarah walking toward the other man by the building. He digs and digs and digs. Sarah walks over to John when she finishes. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't really help you. Just sit and rest, which you could use, I'm sure. We'll wait for Tessa. They had nothing but IDs and ammo. I couldn't carry their guns, so I just left them. I'll get them and bring the van over when I'm finished. Tessa continues to sit with her daughter. She cradles her carefully, defeated. <laughs> she wipes her eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry for this fucking world. And this fucking disease that's washed over it. I should have been watching out for you. I should have anticipated everything. John walks by the bodies, picking up their ammo and weapons. Something catches his eye, bulging from the jacket pocket of one of the men. He reaches into the pocket, revealing a single grenade. Sarah must have missed it during her search. He looks toward her, then back toward the body, putting the grenade in his back pocket. The van starts outside. Tessa looks out the window to see John driving it down the street. She walks back to Olivia, picking her up. Come on, baby, I got you. John pulls the van to the garden. He gets out and sits next to Sarah, waiting for Tessa to bring Olivia down. She rests her head on his shoulder for a moment. A door opens down the street. It's Tessa, holding her daughter like a baby. She isn't crying anymore, but silent. John and Sarah stand, waiting for her to reach the gravesite. When she does, she gently sets Olivia down next to the newly dug hole. She sits on the ledge then pushes herself into the hole. She reaches for Olivia and struggles to pull her to the ledge. John, will you? Yeah, of course, of course. He helps move Olivia to where Tessa can hold her, how she was earlier. She sets her down carefully, like how you would tuck a small child into bed for the night. The other two give her space. She kneels down and kisses her forehead one last time. She rests her hands over her stomach. She stands, and John lends a hand to help her out of the new grave. He begins replacing the dirt. She stands and watches, silently. Tessa lies asleep next to her daughter's newly dug resting place. John and Sarah decide to give her some space and set up camp just down the street, with the garden still in sight. Sarah sits on her sleeping bag, twirling her dice. She rolls the dice three times. A two and a two, a two and a one, a one and a one. John turns over, facing her. He opens his eyes. Can't sleep? Haven't tried, honestly. Well, since you're up, we should probably change those out. John sits up and grabs more bandages from his bag. She props back, resting herself on John's torso. He begins taking the bandages off to replace them with clean ones. I just... I just can't believe this shit. We, we were doing so fine together. Yeah, those guys must have been watching us for a little while. Alright, this is gonna sting a bit. He grabs a small bottle of alcohol. He starts to pour a little on the wound. She grips the dice tight. Okay, I'm done. Should we try to comfort her in the morning? Or talk to her about it? Or something? Something to make her feel better? We should just give her some space for a while. We'll be there for her if she needs us, but this is just going to take some time. Sarah closes her eyes, finally feeling some comfort in her father's arms. John kisses her forehead and moves her hair behind her ear. He watches Tessa. John prepares a meal for himself and Sarah, the same boring meal, 
straight out of a can. Sarah rolls dice on the ground. He sets the can down next to her with a spoon. You need to eat. I don't feel like soup again. You have to, Sarah. We aren't going to have this argument again. I want Mommy back. Yeah, I do too. And I want Anna back, but they aren't coming back. They can't. I want them back. I want her to make me something. Mommy used to let me eat mac and cheese whenever I wanted to, and you never let me eat anything that I want. You know, I'm doing the best that I can here, Sarah. I don't want it. Look, I'm doing the best that I can here. You know, take a look around, Sarah, where we are and what we have. I'm here for you and to take care of you. Mom isn't coming back, and you just have to fucking accept it. It's just, it's just the two of us from now on. She starts crying. After picking up her dice, she walks to her sleeping bag and tucks herself in. His ear starts ringing again, so he frantically rubs it. He watches her, and his eyes begin to water. He picks up their food and puts it into a container for later. He pulls out a chair and sits by himself at the table. His head rests in his arms. John loads up their bags and weapons in the back of the van and shuts it. I'll go wake her. Just wait in the van. He walks over to the gravesite. Sarah opens the passenger door, but doesn't enter. She watches. He reaches Tessa and gently rubs her arm. Tessa. Hey. We're all loaded up. I'll grab your things and put them in the van for you. She sits up and wipes her cheeks, her eyes swollen and red. Okay, I'll be right there. Just give me a few minutes. Sure. Take your time. She didn't have the energy to roll out her sleeping bag. She just slept next to the dirt. John gathers her things and walks to the van. Sarah meets him and grabs a bag to make it easier. They load the gear in the back. The van starts. They patiently wait for Tessa to say her last goodbye. Tessa rests on her knees, looking at the grave. She places her hand on the dirt. I wish your dad could have seen you grow up. To see the young woman you've become. A wonderful person. I love you, Olivia, my sweet girl. I'll see you soon. She rubs the dirt around and gets up. She spots one of the men lying in the street. She pulls a small pistol out of her boot and walks to him. She fires a few shots into his chest. John and Sarah jump in their seat, searching for where the shots came from. They see Tessa standing over the man with her pistol. She puts it back in her boot and walks to the van. We can go now. You okay? Yes, we can go. He nods and puts the van in drive. They exit the safe zone and look forward to never returning. They drive down abandoned roads and highways, destroyed cars, perhaps stuck in traffic trying to flee. They're pushed to the side and line the roads. Some flipped over the center of the highway, just too late. Tessa stares out the window. She's empty, and the space is empty. The seat next to her is empty. She slowly moves her hand to it, no longer able to grab her daughter's hand. She looks to the seat, then moves her hand back to her lap, taking a deep breath. Back to the window. With the van, we can definitely make it to Philadelphia today. It's probably like a five-hour drive. Is, is that okay with you, Tessa? She nods, still looking out the window. John looks to Sarah as she nods at him. He gives a small smirk in return. They continue the drive. A lonely road lodged in the middle of the forest, the kind of trees that hang over the road welcoming you to what lies ahead. A deer roams in the distance on the right side of the road, looking to pass. John sees it, so he comes to a stop. He puts the van in park and gets out. Tessa peeks from the back seat. Sarah is confused by the stop. What are you doing? He grabs his rifle from the back and stands next to the front of the van. The deer is in his sights. He fires. Perfect shot. The deer falls. Sarah rolls the window down. 
You know, it's been a while since we've had some decent food. Let's have lunch here before we get there. He stores his gun in the back and gets in. The van pulls up to the deer. We'll just prepare it right here. I'll clean it if you gather the wood. Okay. I'll help you, Sarah. She smirks at Tessa, expecting her to stay in the van. They get out and begin their tasks. John takes a knife and begins cleaning the deer, cutting meat from the body. Sarah and Tessa wander away from the van to get wood suitable for burning. Tessa wanders just a little further than Sarah. She watches her from a distance as she picks up her load. John continues to clean, putting the cuts into a pan. Sarah and Tessa walk back over to John, setting the wood next to him. He sets up the cooker atop the pile and lights it. They eat, savoring the meal they only get the chance to have every so often. They pull up to the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, seeing it's no longer there, destroyed by a bomb. The quicker way to get to Philadelphia, gone. Tessa hands John the map. Thanks, Tessa. It looks like the road goes through Baltimore now. Um, I know we wanted to avoid any larger cities before we got there, but we don't really have a choice if we want to keep the van. Another two and a half hours or so, it'll almost be dark. We should uh, set up outside the safe zone like last time, but, I mean, we'll see when we get there. He hands the map back to Tessa. John gets out and grabs a gas can from the back of the van and fills up the tank. He gets back in, and they turn around and head away from the bridge, or what's left of it. The growing pack of sick pursuers enter the Richmond safe zone, targeting the three men who lie dead in the street. Streaks of substance drip over their skin. They tear into the bodies, consuming every last piece of skin and meat. A few see the van tracks and begin to exit the safe zone. The rest begin sniffing the air around the garden. This leads to Olivia's grave, and they begin clawing the dirt away. Quickly, Olivia's body is brought to the surface. A quick swipe is made to her skin. The van roams the wide-open highways and roads of Baltimore. Cars pushed aside, some buildings destroyed, some barely touched. Grass grows through the concrete. Corpses lie on the street. A pack of sick run through the street in the distance, hungry. As the van gets closer, the sick begin to notice, though, and run toward it. They can't do anything to us in here. The sick run into the side of the van, and they hit a few along the way. Sarah looks in the side mirror as they drive away. Some continue after the van, but can't catch up. She looks forward. They continue the drive, passing a sign on the side of the road. Philadelphia, 100 miles. As they drive, Sarah imagines the blast, not knowing what it actually looked like. Cars appear around the van, trying to get out of town as they are. Some tried to get around the traffic, some stuck in it with no way around. Cars of two, cars of four, babies crying. She looks in the distance. Fighter jets fly by just above the roads. Even further in the air, streaks of smoke and fire. The bombs. They move slow, but the mere sight of the incoming civilization killers is terrifying. Impact. Massive explosions. It looks like the aftermath of a nuclear bomb, but these are different. A yellow gas extends from the fire and smoke. This was the real killer. The creation of the disease. The surrounding illusions disappear as John speaks. You okay? Yeah, why? Just looks like you're daydreaming. I... I guess I was. I wouldn't call it dreaming, though. You know, I didn't get a good look at what happened that day. I made sure you were in the basement, then stood right outside, trying to make sure Mom and Anna would make it. You know, all I could see was fire and smoke. Houses being destroyed. I just wish I could have... There was 
nothing more you could have done. If you would have gone after them, you wouldn't have made it back to me. You all would have been gone. I just wish I could have saved them. Fuck. I miss them. I miss them too. Every single day. You staying behind gave me a dad to grow up with. Someone to teach me everything I know and how to survive in this. I, I wouldn't be here if you had gone after them. I'm sorry, Sarah. I just get caught up in it sometimes. I love you and you know that. I know that. And you know I love you. So, stop the soppy shit <laughs> and get home, okay? She smirks at him and lightly punches his shoulder. Sorry. Uh, not as good with this hand. He laughs, then speeds up. Tessa smiles from the back seat, having overheard their conversation. The van pulls up to the right side of the safe zone, just along the wall. They park and shut off the van. John looks down the wall. The gates lie just around the corner. Sarah gets out, listening for any noise. She hears it, grunting, the thumping of feet hitting wood, but can't see any sick. The walls are just taller than the height of the van. Noticing this, Sarah struggles to climb atop, but makes it. She peeks over the wall. This safe zone isn't in the condition the Richmond one was. Buildings and structures are run down. Dirty, busted windows, broken doors, corpses scattered across the dirt. There's sick, but I, I can't see any. I think it's just the building next to us. All right, well, we're starting to run out of food here. Just drive to the gate. I'll run in the closest building and I'll just grab whatever I can. No, you don't know what's in there, Sarah. I'll be quick, I, I promise. Just a few things. John's impatience shows. He turns the van back on and puts it in drive. She sits back in the passenger seat. They slowly creep to the gate. Tessa stays in the van as John and Sarah head to the nearest building, weapons drawn. They arrive, moving slowly and listening for any noise coming from inside. Nothing. I'm going to watch outside. First floor only. And hey, quickly please. Okay, okay. She tries the front door and is surprised it's unlocked. She leaves the door open after she enters. John stays put and watches their surroundings. Sarah creeps around the first floor of the building. There's not much of anything left. Just worn walls and dirty furniture. She continues to reach the kitchen. As she rounds the corner, four sick run the kitchen. They don't see her yet. She's able to hide behind the wall, but two cans on the kitchen counter are keeping her attention. She drops to her knees and crawls to the counter, going unnoticed as she reaches it. The sick continue to roam, but don't cover the section of the kitchen Sarah just reached. She gets up to reach the cans. She slowly grabs one and places it in her bag. When she reaches for the next, she accidentally nudges it, making a screeching sound. All four sick turn and rush toward her. She still grabs the can. She quickly runs toward the door, firing pistol shots toward the sick behind her. Two fall to the floor. John enters the building and sees Sarah running toward him, being followed by two sick. Come on, Sarah, move! Sarah moves aside and John takes out the other two sick. Sarah catches her breath. She shows him the two cans she retrieved. They hear more yelling coming from down the street. A group of sick run toward them. They decide not to shoot, but to run back toward the van. Tessa looks out the window to see John and Sarah running toward her, with sick just behind them. She reaches to the front seats, opening both doors for them. She rolls her window down and begins firing toward the group of sick, landing a few shots. John and Sarah reach the van and shut the doors. He quickly puts it in a drive and speeds away. Tessa rolls her window back up. 
The sick continue to follow. What did I tell you, huh? Toucans wasn't worth that. They'll keep after us until they catch up. We were running out of food, Dad. We have to take anything we can get. And what if they noticed you quicker and I didn't see you coming? They would have taken more than just your arm this time. Hey, she just wants to help. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I just... I almost lost you once. I can't take that chance again. I'm tired of searching. I'm sick of fucking looking and nothing to show for it. We're all sick of looking. It's gonna be the next one. I can feel it. Maybe we can get away from the coast. Cleveland is seven hours away. Well, we're gonna have to find more gas soon or go by foot. I already used the can that they had in the back. I'll keep driving until it's empty. Let's just rest for the night, okay? Just pull over a few miles down the road and we'll get some sleep. They won't follow us that far. We really should just get going. It's okay. Let's just rest. The Day Everything Changed Created and written by Lane Fortenberry Narrated by Jessica Packard Sarah, voiced by Jasmine Anderson John, voiced by Joseph Paz Tessa, voiced by Jillian Belrose Olivia, voiced by Eva DeGaulle Alicia, voiced by Alyssa Hall Natalie and Anne, voiced by Allison Stanford Sophia, voiced by Lucia McMahon Scavenger 1, Man 1, and Guard, voiced by Danielle Kahn. Young Sarah, voiced by Marissa Nicole. Leah, Vanessa, and Doctor, voiced by Channing Miller. Scavenger 2, and Father, voiced by Chris Alello. Music by Caleb Broussard and Michael Gay.